Hello, Dr. Leitman. Hello, Owen. I want to talk to you about a few current affairs. Go ahead. Elkanah Wiesel, who fell in Gaza, may rest in peace, left a wife and four children. Before going into battle, he left a letter to his family in which he wrote. If you're reading these words, something must have happened to me. If I was kidnapped, I asked, I asked that you not release a single terrorist in exchange for me. Our victory is more important than anything. If I'm killed, I ask you to be happy. Sing a lot. Hold each other's hands and support each other. We have so much to be proud of. And we have so much to be proud and happy about. We are a generation of redemption. How do you feel about such heroes? I truly identify with them. How can you not? They are really ready for anything, willing to do anything. Just so that the land of Israel, the state of Israel will continue and grow and develop and that we will win and strengthen ourselves here on this soil, in this country, and that will continue this way. When a person sits down to write such a letter, what goes through his mind? What might happen? He writes it for the future. He understands that there are greater chances that he doesn't come back from the battlefield. And we have to understand this. What kind of state is that? It's a state in which a person's willing to go to battle, willing to invest, put in his entire life, go all in, not go, not come back from the battle, only in order for us to win and that the state, the land of Israel, that it will continue that'll continue prospering, growing stronger. Elkanah, may rest in peace, is not the only one. In this war, there's a real phenomena of uh, soldiers writing such letters, goodbye letters. Why do soldiers feel the need to do it? First of all, they want to strengthen us their families. Second thing is that it strengthens them. That they're doing something uh, they're doing something heroic. And we see that really many soldiers, still, still children, that write such letters that it's difficult to read. Yeah. On the one hand. On the other hand, it's really gladdening that we have, in our generation specifically, 
that we have such children, grandchildren, soldiers that really are willing to do anything just for the sake of the future of the state of Israel, the land of Israel. How should we relate to their letters? It's like a will, it's what? Yeah? Yeah. I put it this way, that this is what they want for there, be, for there to be left for us for many years ahead, that we will know that we need to stand here, settle down here, that we have no other way, we have no other country, we have no other place. Maybe. We too. Each of us needs to write such a letter. Like a letter for the day that I don't know. In my field of work, I speak a lot about these kinds of states that the people of Israel, the nation of Israel is alive and that we need to strengthen each other and to take this place as ours as the eternal state of Israel. It's our obligation. Previously you said that you feel that they're writing in order to strengthen us from the battlefield. They want to strengthen us. Yeah? What? How could that be? It's as, it is as if it needs to be the, the other way around. No. Those that are there and that are there for months and months, they feel that that is the state, the most correct state. And they're willing to stay more and more only in order to know that they're protecting the land of Israel. That were you to talk to them before they enlisted, you wouldn't hear such things, not even close. So what happened? What happened was that they, they felt that they came into a different atmosphere. They felt how in their encounter with their enemies, how they have strength and a very special mission, task. Let's move on to the next topic. Yeah. Reservists who fought in Gaza and returned from the battlefield talk about the difficulty of returning to normalcy. To normalcy on the home front, I feel 
They say, I feel uncomfortable enjoying things or being happy. There's a feeling of a stone on my heart. Personally, I'd be very happy to fight right now. I feel that it's healthier for the soul than the current state, than the routine. The home I came back to is not the same home. You walk down the street as any other person. It feels strange. Yeah, it lacks color. It lacks life, enlivenment, values. There's a lack of everything. Something that is very... I don't know, tasteless. Compared to what you have in the battlefield. What do you have there that you don't have here? There, because you have a life-threatening situation, you feel life much more sharply, conspicuously. From that, you don't have the same society that you had there that because every person is your friend that is willing to support you and that you too are willing to do the same for him. And here it's not so back at home. It's a tremendous difference. It is a tremendous difference. What do we have in life? If we don't feel that close to us, they're friends that are close to us in spirit. There's no meaning to life. This is what they write. There's nothing to live for. And so I understand them that they don't want to go back here, come back here. Recently I heard you say that those that are fighting between them, they feel a force, really the upper force. What did you mean by it? They feel that in the state in which they're in, where they're face-to-face with their enemies and life-threatening situations, they feel that it also brings them closer to the upper force, to the Creator. And therefore, they feel their life more sharply. And under great danger too, and along with it, they feel that they are in a place where if you do not trust in the upper force, if you do not trust in your friends that are next to you, you can't survive, you can't make it. And that gives them tremendous and additional forces by which they merit success. The connection to others, the feeling that you have someone to rely on, what does it generate between them? What kind of field? 
field of love, of certainty, of mutual support. It's something that you don't have here in the connection between people. And therefore, it is it promises our success. Where does it touch a person on the inside? At what point? Or what point does it touch? It's deep inside the heart where life connects with cases of death where man out of hate or from a point of hate or indifference towards others becomes close to others adheres to them what do they feel there that we don't feel here you can't explain that it's impossible to explain even that we'll make different efforts here it won't happen also we won't be able to understand them those that are there a person who's in real contact face to face contact with the enemy has a different self scrutiny I think that we're going through a good period now. The nation needs to recuperate, wake up to really get a kind of kind of big changes in order to get back on their feet and stand in front of everyone. And this is what wins. I am sure that if we will come to feel what they write about, then our ability to deal with any difficult thing is unlimited and our ability to defeat any enemy. Amen. Moving on to our next topic. Let's talk a bit about UNRWA. Several UNRWA employees, the UN Agency for Aid to Palestinian Refugees, participated in the October 7th massacre. Some participated in the massacre, others held hostages. According to estimates, one out of ten UNRWA employees is linked to Hamas or Islamic Jihad. How does it happen that people who belong to an aid agency sponsored by the UN become terrorists? It's worthwhile for them, beneficial to them. It is from that they, first of all, know that they won't be punished in any way. That's one thing. Another thing is that then this way they have some kind of a better future. And the third thing is that by that, 
they do what they feel, they, they realize what they feel on the inside, hate toward Jews. But they're a part of the UN. It doesn't matter what their papers say. What matters is what the person feels. What drives me crazy is that these villains, they have Hamas weapons from their facilities. Terrorists shoot at our soldiers, but we can't shoot back because it's the UN. So what? Nothing you can do. This is, these are different cases, events that we get from above. And it's something that we really have to understand, internalize, that the Creator is arranging these kinds of relations for us, such an attitude from all nations, from all countries towards us. Nowhere. We we have no friend, nowhere, in any place besides the upper force. I hope that we'll understand this and attain him. UNRWA is also responsible for study materials in schools in Gaza. Some of the content is truly anti-Semitic. How does the UN allow that? Like any other organization, like all organizations... Like all other organizations, from year to year, uh, it only goes and grows. Uh, Nothing we can do. It all depends only on our inner desire, on the connection between us. Previously, you mentioned that we have no friend in the world. Besides the upper force. Right. What do you mean? Is this what I mean? That we have no one to make any kind of connection with? Agreement. No one. And with the Creator, we can. We have an agreement. And if we start to strengthen our promise, our connection with Him, then immediately we will start feeling how much He is in our favor. What does the agreement with the upper force say? That the nation of Israel is for me it says that we have to be connected to him and only in that will we have success how do we connect to him we connect in that we keep his laws What do his laws say? That we need to be and love another as yourself. 
It's like our side of the agreement to be in love another as yourself. What's his side? The creators. Yeah. Then everything's for us. Everything's open to us in return for that. Black and white? That's how it is? Yeah. And that UNRWA and the UN and in general that everyone's against us, doesn't it bother you? Pressure you? No. Where's the um, sense of security from? What kind of security do you have today? Besides IDF, there's no one to trust in nowadays. And also about the IDF, you need to say that it is not in the hands of the IDF, but that too depends on the upper force. I don't know if we can ask something like that, but in recent months, it's like he, he didn't really protect us. True? Right? Why? Because we moved away from him. We moved away from him too. How? In that, we do not appreciate the Creator. We do not turn to Him. We do not keep His laws. First of which is love another as yourself and other laws that talk about the good, nice, proper connection between people. So how can we feel Him? The Creator is hidden. Moved away. Disappeared. How do you bring him back? By the connection between us? Only by the connection between us. If the UN today would take a vote, they might have decided that, you know, there's no room for the state of Israel. Undoubtedly. No doubt about it. So what's going to happen to us? In the meantime... We exist thanks to that force promised to us by our forefathers that established the state of Israel. But really, if we'll continue this way, then surely we will lose it. So what can give validity to our existence here? Only our connection? Do you think that the upper force is stronger than all countries in the world? Undoubtedly. How? And everything. They have money, power, strength. That's all nothing. There's no, it's only wind. What does the upper force have as opposed to that? The upper force has a force that acts from within each person and every nation in whatever direction the Creator turns them. You're saying that He can turn anyone. Of course. UNRWA? Yeah. Hamas. Hamas? Hamas, UNRWA, yeah, Hezbollah, yeah, Iran, yeah. So why doesn't he turn them around? He's waiting for you to ask, for you to want for him to do it, for you to acknowledge him that he is capable of doing. 
To believe in God, that's the thing. It's not just to believe in God, that this is something that you've been doing for hundreds of years. What then? It's especially to hold on to love another as yourself, love of others. Is love a force? The greatest one. Thank you. Let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk a bit about the north. In the north of the country and the settlements along the border, we see a picture that we've never seen before. Entire settlements, Mithula, Manara, other places stand desolate. Many houses were destroyed by Hezbollah fire. There are about 100,000 residents from the north who have been evacuated for four months now, and the picture is getting worse by the day. When I see pictures from there, it's like I don't believe that it's true. Where you tell me half a year ago or a year ago that this might happen, I'd never believe it. These are places that we go on vacation to. What's going on? On all our borders, we don't yet feel it from the south and from the east relatively, but there too, things can explode nothing we can do we have no place to run to only upwards to our father in the heavens what do you mean to turn to him and to do what we need to do according to the Torah of Israel what do we need to do according to the Torah of Israel? There is a law, uh, a law in the Torah, which is love another as yourself. And nothing you can do here. If we're ready for it, we bow our head, we're willing to take it upon ourselves, then things are going to be good. Uh, what do you mean things are going to be okay? If here we'll feel more love toward each other, what will happen with the Hezbollah? Everywhere you'll see how this action of Jews coming closer to one another will influence everyone, that everyone will want to be not in war, but in connection, in peace, etc. How does it work? What's the connection between the inner relations between Jews and the relations between Hezbollah and us, Hamas and us? What's the connection? Uh, this is what we see throughout the years in the measure to which we start fighting with each other inside Israel, to that measure come our enemies and start beating us up. This we see. If we stop fighting and we'll be more in love another as yourself, then what? Then by that, you'll see how you're as if passing on to them 
the one of peace, so to speak. Through what? Through mediators, through the Qatarians, the Egyptians, the Americans, who? Through the air, through the sky. What do you mean? That the Creator, He takes care of them and gives them a desire to live in peace with us and everyone. We can program them, that's what you're saying? Yeah? Okay, the Okay, this revolutionary. What does it mean to be more and love another as yourself between Jews? We see since the massacre of the 7th of October, there was plenty of love, mutual support here on levels that we didn't see for decades. There's plenty of love of Israel here. What else do we need to add? We need to try and develop it in a, as natural as possible way. What do you mean? That it will really be something that's in our heart. Not because that by it we push ourselves further away from disasters, but because we're starting to understand that this is the force that can calm the world down and advance them toward real peace, advance us toward real peace. Today, there are different weapon industries and we're developing them, the world's developing them, because everyone thinks that this is what will make them safe. You're talking here about a force from a different level. What is that force that you're talking about, that you're counting on? The upper force that if we relate to each other with love, then between us, in that very place of love, there is also the upper force that connects us and is working in our favor. Do you think that our future, I think that this is our future? If Israel will advance a bit in that direction, what will be the safety net of our country? That's the safety net, the connection between us in the nation of Israel. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk a bit about young people in the States. 32% of young people in the U.S. do not believe that the massacre of October 7th happened. According to surveys, most young people in the U.S. support the Palestinians and not us. For many, Israel is literally the devil. Where is this taking us? It's going in the right direction. What they want to publicize is publicized. I don't understand. Where is it headed? It's headed toward justifying all anti-Semitic actions against Israel. Do you think that it can bring to Nazism in the U.S.? Certainly. Surely so? Of course. 
What is there about it? But still, it's the U.S., you know. The U.S. is a country that is uh, very close to Germany. Is it possible to deal with it? Deal? No. Only by turning to the upper force and showing him that we are willing to be in connection between us and a connection of love between us. And what does it have to do with the youngsters in the U.S.? It will influence everyone. Every Jew in the world will feel it. And what will American youngsters, non-Jews, will feel? That we're right? Really? Today it's the, the going in the opposite direction. How will it turn, how will it will invert that they will see things differently? We need to invert, that we start seeing ourselves and our connection as the people of Israel. What does it mean? That we want to live and love another as yourself. Youngsters in the States, uh, they have a life of this of their own. It doesn't have anything to do with you treating each other, us treating each other here better or worse. They have a life of their own. You want for them not to influence us or influence us for the better, then I'm telling you what to do. So what should I tell them? You don't need to say and not to them. But here in the land of Israel, you need to make a good and nice connection in the land of Israel so that everyone will know about love another as yourself and how to keep it. And that besides that, you don't need anything. That's it. Okay, moving on to a different topic. Amit Bonzel, may rest in peace, a fighter. He was a paratrooper. He was killed in Gaza on December 6th. Among his belongings was a personal diary in which he wrote, we started a historic course that must end with an overwhelming victory. We hear the call to fight until victory from many fighters despite the danger to their lives. And not only fighters, there are also bereaved parents who join the demand to fight until we win. On the other hand, the world demands for us to stop. Even the U.S. is pressure. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we, what we need to do? And not what the world wants. The world wants for us to go back to the gas chambers. That's it. That's what you feel? Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? That's what I feel, yeah. About what they're willing to agree to. 
Why? Why? Because according to the law of nature, this is what I know. By the law of nature, we are working against the entire world. Oh, wait a moment. These, these are... These things, they give me the shivers. Oh, it doesn't matter. This is not what determines. What determines are the laws of nature. So, your first answer was, we need to do what we need to do, and not what the world wants. Of course, what do we need to do? We, between us, need to awaken brotherly love, and that by brotherly love, we reach connection in which we want to discover the upper force that will strengthen us, live with us, and this will be called adhesion. And what about the war in Gaza to continue till complete victory or let go? To continue. Until when? Until it will end by itself. In the meantime, we need in parallel to do what we talked about. And what about international pressure that's growing from day to day? It can grow, no problem. It could, uh, they could take many steps. They won't allow you to succeed, that's for sure. Once you succeed, they say, no, that's it, we're ending the war. So do we need to listen to them or not? No. No. We need to listen only to that which is to our benefit, only to that which is good for us. And if it will have severe international implications upon us, oh, we'll see later then. Thank you. Sliha. Uh, David Brown, who fought in Gaza, he um, who fought in Gaza wrote a letter to the civilians in the home front. He says, "We have sacrificed too much to return to how things were before." On the home front, people start. Talking again about incitement, there is poison in the air, the gap between the brotherhood that I experience here on the front and the separation popping up again here and there at home is, it is the responsibility of the home front, people at home, to make sure that the reality to which we return from the battlefield will be one of togetherness and not of separation. We will direct our anger to the battlefield. We will channel our pain into unity and embrace, and we will nurture our hopes together. What can you say that? A hundred percent correct. Nothing to add. But there, there are disputes. You can't sweep the disputes under the rug and say that they don't exist. Real disputes, practically in everything. I don't want to hear about them now. According to our situation, or in our current situation, there's no such thing that we start arguing. Can't be. We're in a state 
where it's like in a hospital that you must operate on a patient, otherwise he dies. What do you do? There are a few such, and they're great, and everything, and they understand, and they're saying, maybe not, maybe wait, maybe try that, and then this, etc. You go for what's certain. And we can't stop. What do we need to learn from that? We need to learn that we must continue the war in full power. And then see, after some time, are we already, do we deserve a condition of a ceasefire or etc.? Or do we continue? We continue all the time. The nature of things is that when you're on the battlefield, there's one clear goal, to win, protect the country. And that one clear goal unites everyone, right, left, secular, religious, doesn't matter, we're all one. But here, back at home, we have a life to live, we need to decide about different matters. You think one thing, I think another thing. We're not one, we're different. That's the nature of things. How can we remain different but add something of that one that's missing? What kind of country is supposed to be built here? We need to understand that if we're in dispute, it destroys us. And then no matter what kind of success we have there in the front. But how can we not be in dispute? One thinks one thing, another thinks another. They should both shut up. And what do we do? We'll fight. And the decisions that we need to make, it's not from that dispute. From what then? That's uh, from that then we have a war cabinet. In Israel, everyone's the Minister of Defense and Prime Minister. No, if you don't shut a person's mouth, they'll, they'll say whatever. But one way or another, we need to continue fighting. That's the main thing. So what should each of us shut up inside himself? Now, there's no time to fight between right and left and this and that and such and such parties. No such thing. In war, you, you close everything and you enact only the force of connection in order to defeat the enemy. And who is the enemy? That's clear to us. Let's take one last item quickly. We're at war for four months already, 
many soldiers, citizens were injured, killed. We have the kidnapped by Hamas. We have problems in the north and the south. It's an indescribable situation, and we see no end to it. My question is, what's going to happen? Can you tell us how this war will end? I really hope that it will end with our success. And our success means that we will release our territories, and we will be able to bring back all the Jews that fled from those areas back home. When will this success come? I don't know. Let's start. Will we succeed in bringing our kidnapped back? I think so. Will the war spread to other areas too? In your opinion? It's up to us. No. It depends on us. What do you mean? In the measure to which we will show signs of weakness, then undoubtedly it will spread. And in the measure to which we will in the measure to which we will stick to our criteria, it won't. What picture of victory do you wish for? I think that the entire area will thoroughly know that it's not worthwhile for them to fight us. Not good for them. I don't want any peace agreements, no nothing. We'll set our borders and we'll say to everyone, this is our land, that's it. The rest... That's not our concern. Okay, we've reached the end. What do you wish us, the people of Israel? I wish a strong peace that will be based on our force, thanks to our force, and that we will not be afraid of any opinion or half a word of someone here or there whatever, from abroad or from wherever. Everyone needs to know that we have only one answer, that this is a military blow. That's it. Thank you very much, Dr. Leitman. Good luck. All the best. Thank you.